Hello, I'm R.A. Spratt. I write and perform this podcast. If you'd like to support the show, I'm a children's author, so you can buy a book by me, or you can buy me a coffee by going to buymeacoffee.com slash stories R.A. Spratt. It's an easy way to make a small thank you gift to the show so I can keep kicking this can down the road. The podcast directory you're using right now should have a link to my Buy Me A Coffee page in the show notes, or you can type it into your browser. That's buymeacoffee.com slash stories R.A. Spratt. All contributions are gratefully appreciated. Hello and welcome to Bedtime Stories with me, R.A. Spratt. Okay, so I'm still reading The Pesky Kids, Bear in the Woods, and today I'm going to be reading Chapter 5, Community Service. Here we go. The following Saturday, it was a cold morning in Currawong. A light fog still hung over the town as the Pesky Kids pedalled their bicycles lethargically down the main street. The only one among them who was happy about being up so early was Pumpkin. He ran along next to April's bike, barking joyfully. You're going to get in trouble for bringing Pumpkin, predicted Finn. He's the whole reason we got community service in the first place. I'm not buckling to this town's anti-dog attitude, said April. They're not anti-dog, said Joe. They're anti-pumpkin. Well, I'm anti-anyone who's anti-pumpkin, said April defiantly as they arrived at the police station. Why do we have to be here so early, grumbled Finn. Whenever adults think of something horrible for children to do, they always want to start first thing in the morning, said April. Joe bent over to lock their bicycles to the white picket fence outside the police station. No one's going to steal them, said April. Yeah, they're right outside the police station, agreed Finn. I don't mean that, said April. Constable Pike is too much of a buffoon to scare anyone off. I mean, the bikes are homemade. They're not worth stealing. Good morning, said the constable, stepping out of the station. I don't suppose there's any chance you didn't overhear that, asked Finn. I wouldn't know, said Constable Pike. I'm too much of a buffoon. At least he's got the decency to own it, said April. There's nothing worse than a buffoon who won't accept that he's a buffoon. I'm not a buffoon, snapped Constable Pike. I was being sarcastic. Okay, point proven, said April. Just get in the minivan, ordered Constable Pike. The pesky kids followed him around to the side of the police station where a minivan was waiting. It already held some passengers. They recognised Kieran, Animesh and Matilda from school. And there was another sullen-looking boy whose name they didn't know. What are you doing here? asked April. Volunteer work for the community, said Matilda proudly. And we have to do community service as part of our Duke of Edinburgh award, added Kieran, indicating Animish and himself. The two boys were best friends and did almost everything together. April rolled her eyes and muttered, losers, as she climbed in and took the back seat next to the sullen boy. Who are you? April asked. He looked shocked to be spoken to. He was a very plain boy. His face was like a potato and not much more expressive. His hair looked like he'd cut it himself with dog grooming clippers, which actually he had. The boy realised he should stop staring at April and reply, so he opened his mouth, but before any sound came out, Matilda answered for him. He's Neil, said Matilda. He hasn't told us why he's here, but he's always getting in trouble. Matilda glowered at Neil judgmentally. Neil looked away and stared out the window. Matilda leaned forward and whispered, which was ridiculous because Neil was only one metre away, so he could still hear her clearly. 
He doesn't have a very strong male role model at home because his parents travel. She said the word travel as if it was some sort of weird, immoral pastime. Constable Pike started the engine and was about to pull out when a bright red luxury car pulled up in front of them, blocking the driveway. Wait for me, cried Loretta Fiswanathan as she jumped out of the car. Joe chivalrously leapt up to slide the door open again, and Loretta got in. You're late, grumbled Constable Pike. I'm ever so sorry, said Loretta, not looking the least bit repentant as she climbed aboard. Finn squashed right up against the window, making room for her to sit down, but Loretta slid into the seat next to April. Constable Pike pulled the van out into the road, and they were off. Don't tell me you're here to be a goody two-shoes too, April asked Loretta. Oh, gosh, no, said Loretta. Constable Pike is being ever so strict with me. He said I had to do community service or he'd tell Daddy. What, that you break into houses for fun, whispered Finn. Loretta laughed. No, he still hasn't realised I do that. Then what did you do, asked Joe. I got in a little bit of trouble with the mayor, said Loretta. She says I defaced a public artwork. Did you? asked Finn. Well, yes, admitted Loretta, but it wasn't defacing in my opinion. It was enhancing. I put lipstick and eyeshadow on the statue of Agnes Dalrymple. Is that the incredibly ugly statue in the gardens? asked Finn. It looks like a horrific lagoon monster attacking someone with a club. Yes, that's the one, said Loretta. I didn't realise it was a statue of a woman, said Joe. Not just any woman, said Loretta, the most fondly remembered leader in this town's history. What did she do? asked Joe. She ended prohibition in Currawong, said Matilda. She loved knowing more than other people. Prohibition? You mean like an alcohol ban? But that never happened in this country, said Finn. It did in Currawong, said Matilda. One year, the alcoholic ginger beer festival got out of hand, explained Animesh, recounting the legendary story that was retold year after year. The mayor banned alcohol, added Kieran. Every child in Currawong could tell this tale. It was the local equivalent of a fairy tale. Everyone hated it, said Loretta, getting to the good bit of the story, the big action finale. Agnes had had enough one day, so she caught the bus down to the mayor's office and belted him over the head with her umbrella. Apparently, she had a difficult husband, and she felt she shouldn't have to go without her evening glass of sherry if she had to put up with him. Who was her husband? asked April. The mayor, said Loretta with a grin. She's been a local hero ever since, continued Kieran. Every September 19th is celebrated as Agnes Dalrymple Day, added Animesh. Not another stupid festival, said April. Oh, it's a fun one, said Loretta. You'll enjoy it. Everyone in town carries an umbrella and playfully bops everyone else on the head as a greeting. Really, said April. That is a festival I can get behind. I wonder if I can get a lead-reinforced umbrella. And Agnes is still alive, said Loretta. Her husband died decades ago. But every September 19th, Agnes travels back to Currawong to kick off the celebrations by belting the current mayor over the head. Last year, she gave Mayor Albright a concussion, said Kieran. And umbrella hair, added Matilda. It's like hat hair, only the crushed bit of your hair is in the shape of an umbrella. There was a big bump as the minivan pulled off the tarmac road and onto a thin dirt track. Where's he taking us, asked Joe, as the minivan lurched from one pothole to the next. Bush regeneration, said Matilda. Huh, said Finn. 
It's Constable Pike's pet project, explained Loretta. I think he has some sort of emotional inadequacy that makes him relate to plants better than people. Hey, I heard that, yelled Constable Pike from the driver's seat. Oh, good, said Loretta. You need to be more self-aware. I was just telling him the same thing, said April. The van pulled up. Constable Pike jumped out and opened the sliding door. OK, everyone out, he said as he grabbed two boxes. One was full of gloves and the other high-vis vests. The kids all gathered around waiting for instructions. The object of bush regeneration is to return the land to its natural, balanced ecosystem, allowing all native flora and fauna to flourish in optimal conditions. Great, said April sarcastically. He wants to turn us all into gardening nerds like Dad. We're out here in the forest surrounded by nature. Most people would think this is fun, said Constable Pike. The kids looked about. To a plant lover, a bird watcher, or even a geologist, there was plenty of beauty to see. Every object from the mighty trees down to the tiny beetles scratching in the ground were all magnificent in their own way. But teenagers never see nature with those sorts of eyes. To them, there were just lots and lots of trees, boring old trees. Then there was a rumble of thunder in the distance, and it started to rain. Cool, rain, said Finn. Does that mean we can go home? No, snapped the constable. It's just drizzle. It wasn't drizzle. The raindrops were fat and heavy. Constable Pike was clearly determined to be stubborn. Having driven seven kids out into the bush, there was no way he was turning round and going straight back to town. They could hear the sound of another vehicle approaching. A ute drove up the dirt track towards them. Ah, good, he's here, said Constable Pike. The ute driver got out. He was a brawny young man with skin so tanned he looked like a brown leather handbag. This is Animal Control Officer Todd Odinson from the Currawong Town Council, explained Constable Pike. We're going to be working with him today. Officer Odinson nodded. Pumpkin growled. Joe, you're with Officer Odinson, said Constable Pike. What, said Joe? Joe, exclaimed Officer Odinson. You're not that pesky kid, are you? Um, said Joe. He didn't need to speak. The pained look on his face was a full confession. Officer Odinson visibly puffed up, like a bullfrog increasing its size to intimidate an enemy. You wouldn't take my sister to the ball, he accused. Huh? said Joe. Daisy Odin's daughter is Officer Odinson's little sister, explained Loretta. But their surnames are different, said April. Icelandic people have patronomic surnames, explained Finn. Their father's first name is Odin, so his daughter is Odin's daughter and his son is Odin's son. Weird, said April. You're the one who's weird, said Officer Odinson as he glared at Joe. How could you not want to take a girl as beautiful as my sister to the ball? Ooh, said April. He thinks his sister is beautiful. Too much information. Officer Odinson poked Joe in the chest with his forefinger. You broke Daisy's heart. Loretta laughed. Officer Odinson whipped around to glare at her. She smothered her grin. Oh, sorry, I thought you were joking. I take it very seriously when young men disrespect my sister, said Officer Odinson. Oh, please, said April, rolling her eyes. He couldn't take Daisy to the ball. She terrified him. She cornered him in the boys' toilets. So apart from being psychotic, she's got no sense of hygiene. Joe nodded. This was entirely true. He only took Loretta because she's our next-door neighbour, continued April, so he knew she's harmless. Loretta winked at Joe. I wouldn't hurt a fly, unless the fly wanted me to. Joe shuddered. He would rather be punched by Officer Odinson than find out what Loretta meant by that. 
Do you want help or not, Odinson? Constable Pike asked impatiently. I can make all the kids work on bush regeneration if your personal issues are too complicated for you to deal with. No, I'll take Casanova, said Officer Odinson, pointing to Joe. Come on, this way. He led Joe off into the bush. Do you think Joe will be all right? asked Finn. So long as Daisy's not back there, said Loretta, I'm sure he'll cope. Constable Pike turned to the rest of the group. You lot are going to come with me down to the creek. We'll be removing non-native objects from the waterway. That's just a fancy way of saying we'll be picking up litter, isn't it? demanded April. Have you got a problem with that? asked the constable, his ears turning red, something that often happened when he was emotional. Yes, I do, said April. It sounds unhygienic and boring. Tough, said Constable Pike. You should have thought of that before you let your crazed dog loose. Pumpkin barked excitedly, bouncing around April's feet. It's actually not too bad, said Loretta. Last time I did this, I found two footballs, a fishing rod and a gold bracelet that I got $500 for on eBay. Hey, you can't sell things you find, said Constable Pike. Yes, I can, said Loretta. It's the law of finders keepers. It could have been stolen property, said Constable Pike. You can't arrest a creek, said Loretta, although I'd like to see you try. It would be funny putting the handcuffs on. Just grab your equipment and let's get to work, said the constable wearily. The kids put on thick gloves, picked up a rubbish bag each and tromped off behind Constable Pike through the bush towards the creek. And that's enough for now, so we'll leave it there. Until next time, goodbye. 